Hey, this is Dylan. And this is Dylan. And we are D Squared. Hey, we are here with the People of the Way podcast. And we have a really exciting topic to talk about tonight. Something that's really important to us. Something we're really passionate about. So we're really looking forward to sharing this with you. Um, Before we get started, though, we do want to share with you ways that you can interact with us. Ways that you can contact us. Uh, We do have a Facebook page. It's just called People of the Way. We also have an email address that you are more than welcome to send us an email with any comments, questions, criticisms, whatever you want. That email address is going to be peopleoftheway0407 at gmail.com. Please reach out to us. We'd love to hear what you have to say. As we get started, um, we just wanted to talk about, personally, I read upon, I came upon this scripture years ago. It's John 13, 35, and it's really the staple of what we're going to talk about this evening. John 13, 35 says, they will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. This is Jesus speaking to his his disciples, and he's saying, they will know that you belong to me. They will know that you are Christ's disciples by the love that you have for one another. And it implored me to look a little further in what that meant. Um, honestly, if if somebody comes to you and they say, hey, this specific thing will allow people to know that you belong to me or that you are this or you are that, that thing must be pretty important. So I went and I started researching and seeking the Lord on this topic and it really, really showed me that as a believer, I fail miserably at loving people the way that we're called to, the way that would say that they can look at me and go, man, they must be a follower of Jesus. That's the point we're going to try to convey this evening as we do this podcast. Um, We're going to go through a few different things. Starting off, let's talk about, and everybody knows this first, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When you go through that, you know, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, and the list goes on. Uh, the, it ends with love believes all things, endures all things, hopes all things. When you look at that, I would challenge you with something. Look at that list, and you have to ask yourself, if Paul, who's writing this to the Corinthians, he is really hammering how important it is to love. I mean, this is, he's literally, the whole reason he's even saying this is he's saying, it does not matter what spiritual gift you have. You could be, have a gift of prophecy, healing. It does not matter. A gift of tongues, it does not matter. If you have love, you are nothing but a noisy gong. So he goes into what biblical, genuine love that, that we're called to. And you have to go down that list and go, Okay, well, what if my love is patient, but it's not kind? Well, then it's not biblical love. If our love does not line up to this list, then it's not biblical love. It's not this agape love that we've been called to. You know, that agape love is this unconditional, sacrificial, them-first mentality, and we're called to portray that because that's the kind of love that Jesus portrayed, and we are ambassadors of Christ. Very, very important to, to understand that. And of course, many people will look at that and go, well, I, I, 
I'm going to try to be patient and kind and not envy and not boast and all these things. But again, we can't try to do these things in our own strength. The only way that we can truly walk this out is by dying to oneself to to seek what this looks like and continuously be diligent and letting the Lord lead you and be being led by the Spirit. Um, because yeah, you can try to love biblically. You can try to love this agape love. But you can't do it in of yourself because as humans, I don't know about you, Dylan, but I am I'm a selfish person. We, we are self-seeking, self-serving, selfish people, and that's that's who we are. Jesus is our example of who we're called to be and how we're supposed to treat people. Some people just call it the human condition, but I'm sorry, but Scripture makes it very clear. My life belongs to the Lord. I've been born again. I'm no longer somebody that's led by human nature. I'm led by the Spirit. Yeah, and and um, it also the, the Bible also tells us that um, that if we try to be patient or kind and and do all this stuff because we want to be better, that none of that matters if we don't have love. So the whole n- entire New Testament is based on the fact that we need to love people. That's what that's what that's what God did. God loved us so much that He sent His only Son to die on the cross for us to relieve us of our sins, to take those sins on Him, and that's just important to really understand that love. And and as as Dylan said, um, there's different types of love. There's agape love, which is the sacrificial love. There's uh, a Greek word called philio. It is brotherly love, admiration. It's basically. Loving each other, but not like really wanting to sacrifice yourself for that person and give everything for them. And then there's also eros. Eros is the sexual form of love um, that is basically meant only to be used within the covenant of marriage between a husband and wife. Um, And then there's another one called storg or storge or however you pronounce that. Um, And it's basically like family love. So uh, the fact that there's different kinds of loves just means that it's more important that we, we really got to understand the love that is in these scriptures, what he's talking about um, in these scriptures. And, and as Dylan said, Paul's talking about the agape love in these. Right. And I think it's it's important to to mention here, you know, as Christians, we we see or we read our Bibles and we see the word love. Well, it's important to understand that we translate all of these four different types of love one way. It's just love. It doesn't matter if it's agape, phileo, eros, storge, however you pronounce that. We translate it all love. That's why it's important to study the Bible and, and really understand what are we talking about here. It's very interesting. On the note, when we're talking about love, I think it's important to realize that we literally have the greatest form of love to, to be an example to us. Jesus, who was a perfect man came down, lived a sinless life, and died for us when we were yet sinners. And then, I think it's in John, it's in one of the one of the gospels, I, I think, but there's a scripture that says, no greater love than this, that someone would lay their life down for their brother. No greater love than this, than, than we would be willing to sacrifice our lives for someone else. That's what Jesus did. There is no greater love to be found on this earth than in Jesus Christ. So obviously he's our example. We look at him and we look how he treated people. We look how his heart broke for people. Even the Pharisees. I think 
we always want to just hammer the Pharisees. Yeah, they, they have some things wrong. They were self-righteous people, all this stuff. But man, why do we automatically think that that substitutes having love for them? It doesn't. Scripture makes it very clear. We, we want to kind of turn off the love the moment somebody gets hard to deal with or they become inconvenient. Scripture itself makes it very clear to us that we're supposed to pray for those who persecute us. We're supposed to serve those who are, who are beating us down. I think Romans 12 says something about if your enemy is thirsty, give him drink. If he's, if he's hungry, give him food and it will heap hot coals upon his head. That's insane to us because that's not how our brains work. That's not how we're programmed. We, it's because we don't understand love. You know. Right. Yeah. Just just think about that. If somebody, if somebody came up to you and, and started to uh, persecute you for for your beliefs or or just really anything, if someone came up and punched you in the face or something like that, how hard is it going to be in that moment to be like, I love you for that, and turn the other cheek instead of returning violence for violence? And honestly, it's like we're not saying, hey, you punched me in the face, and I love you. For that, it's you just punched me in the face, but the love of Christ is so great in me that I still love you. Because that's what Jesus did. Like that, we, every moment of every day, spit in the face of Christ, especially when we're fleeing from Him. When we're running from Him, we're punching, we're spitting, we're kicking, we're just doing the worst that we could possibly do. We're the prodigal son going out and spitting his inheritance on all these crazy things of the world and just pretty much saying, hey, Dad, I want my money now, even though you're not dead yet. Give it to me so I can go do what I want to do. That's what we've done to God. We've taken something that he meant for good, and we have just used it for our own worldly pleasures. And in the midst of that, Jesus said, man, you have just destroyed everything that we created but man, I love you so much that I'm going to die for you. So in the midst of people being difficult, in the midst of persecution and all that, we cannot lose this love and compassion for those around us. Now, specifically, that scripture in John 13, 35 is talking about the love that we have for one another, the Christians, even the difficult Christians. We all know somebody that we think about when we think difficult Christian. (laughs) I know, I get it. Christians can be hard-headed as all get off sometimes. We're called to love love them even more. I got a buddy. He calls these Christians EGRs, extra grace required. A lot of us have some EGRs in our life, extra grace required Christians, but we still have to love them with a love that's so deep, that's so passionate, that's so forgiving that they go, man, I know who they belong to. That's a powerful thing. But let's talk about this, what we understand from the world. And, you know, let's talk about the fact that our form of love, let's let's rewind all the way back to when most of us were in high school. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I'd get a girlfriend and I, of course, you know, we're kids and we're dumb, but uh, I, I'd, I'd go, you know, a month or so in and go, man, I, I love you. Okay, well, one, you don't really know what that means. And a lot of people still don't know what that means. But when you say that, if they don't say that back, you're crushed. You're, you're, you're crushed. You're like, oh, man, like, why? What happened? The reason for that is because you didn't say I love you to that person because 
just because you love them, just because you wanted them to know, you said it because you wanted a response. You wanted something back from that. That's not love. Just, just the same way when we give gifts to people, and if they don't react the way that we want them to, or if we don't get a thank you, if we don't get something back, you didn't give that gift because you love that person. Maybe you do in another form, but it's not the love that you're called to. You gave that gift because you expected something in return. Maybe not not a gift for yourself, but a thank you or something. You you expected something out of that. Now, before we get upset, let me explain. The reason why that form of love isn't okay is because that's not Jesus. I want you to really think about what he did on the cross. There's a... Um, Triple E, he's a Christian rapper, and there's a song, it's called Love and Display, and it's all about Jesus' love being on display on the cross. So let me walk you through this. Jesus lives his perfect life, perfect, sinless, and still decides to die for you and I. And he gets on that cross, his, his arms are stretched wide open, hands nailed to that cross, and he just says, I love you. Now it's not I love you when... I love you if, I love you maybe, no, I love you. He's on that cross and it's I love you. There's no stipulation, there's no agreement, there's, he's not expecting anything in return. Now he desires for you to return that and to come to him and to be with him, but he does not require that. His love is there regardless of what you do. Just like the father in the prodigal son story loved his son and could not wait for him to return. It's the same way with Jesus. He gave his love regardless of what you've done. His love's there. You only have to accept it and come into it. That's what we're looking at here. If you give a gift, don't expect anything because you should be, we should be giving gifts because we love somebody for no other reason, not expecting anything in return. We should be doing things not to expect a thank you we get so upset when people don't say thank you. Then you didn't do it for the right reasons. That's not the love that we're called to here. It's important to understand the love that you're called to. John thirteen thirty five says, they'll know you by the love that you have for one another. They'll know that you belong to Jesus by that love. That is a love that sets you apart. It is a love that separates, sanctifies, sets apart us from the world and I don't know about you but I I've, I've watched the love of the world and they're constantly reframing what it actually means but it's a, it's a selfish love isn't it I mean it's um it's something else it's uh I love you because I want something or I, or here, here's what I mean what is it 50 percent of marriages end in divorce or I love you until I love you until it's it's not it's inconvenient for me I love you until you get some gray hair. I love you until you put on some weight. What, what, like, those are just examples. But like, even in, mar- in the world today, marriage isn't the same because I love you just means, well, I love you until I find something better. I, that is not what we're called to. If we are ambassadors of Christ, we look at the love that Jesus poured out on the people around him and we say, man, we must be called to that same love. I mean, let's talk about the fact that Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good works. 
If you're wondering what form of love is there, it's that agape love, that unconditional, sacrificial, them first mentality love. That's what it's talking about there. We're supposed to be encouraging each other in that. Now, many times we're barely loving each other, let alone encouraging each other in that, storing each other up in that form of love. Most of the time, we're just kind of going with the flow. And yeah, we might have some a few Christian friends that we love and that we'll give 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 good gifts to and, and different things, but we're not really stirring people up. You know, it's it's important to and I can't remember exactly where it was, it's somewhere in in John, I believe, but or Matthew, but there's a scripture where, you know, this is after Peter has denied Jesus three times, Jesus is resurrected, and he goes to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? Let's go on a few times, but He says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, of course I do. And Jesus says, well, feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Take care of my people. I think it's important to realize that, yes, it was to Peter, but it was for us. We, because of the love that we have, that we've been given, we're called to take care of one another. Iron sharpening iron to serve one another. I had the blessing to, to present a devotion on sanctification last weekend um, at, at uh, Pierce Point Community Church where I get to help out. It's a huge blessing. It's a wonderful place. But one of the scriptures that I had talked about was this scripture, I, uh, I think in the Matthew 20-something, chapter 20-something, where it talked about, th- at the end of it, it talks about how Jesus, the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve. So the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who again is our example, he did not he did not come to be served, but to serve. That's our example. That he was pouring out his love, even in that moment, showing us that man, I did not come to be served. I came to spend my moments here serving the people around me. And it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. I think we forget that sometimes. Um, because most of the time we wanted to just hit people upside the head was the truth. Well, the truth is good, but flip back to 1 Corinthians 13. I don't, it doesn't matter if you speak in tongues, if you prophesy, it does not matter. If you don't have love, it is worthless. Not to mention, uh, when we, the love that it's talking about here is the kind of love to where, where you inconvenience yourself to serve others who are in need. And that's insane. Like, just, you love somebody so much that you want to put yourself in an inconvenient situation to then serve them. That's the kind of love we're talking about. Right. Not to mention, you want to talk about inconvenience. Let's talk about inconvenience. How inconvenient do you think it was for Jesus to be crucified on a cross? Very. I'd say, yeah, I'd say pretty, pretty inconvenient. That's probably on the list of things that are inconvenient that's probably number one i'm sure he would have much rather been doing something else sharing the gospel other places but instead he decided to go and give his life for us on the cross right to give his life as a ransom for many he's our example and we are called to such a higher form of love you know words are good it's okay to use our words but man you know the book of james tells us that we can not only be hearers of the word but doers of the word as well. So we can read all this stuff, but if our lives do not line up to scripture, 
or if we're not at least diligently seeking the Lord on our lives lining up to Scripture, we're not in a good place. We need to be diligently seeking the Lord to look more like His Son. That's what we're called to. We're called to be ambassadors of Christ, and a big part of that is loving people in the way that we're called to. We're not called to this selfish, me-first mentality. How often do we look at somebody and go, what can I do for them today? How often do we pray this prayer? Heavenly Father, how can I inconvenience myself today to serve somebody that you, you have put in my path? How can I inconvenience myself today to serve the body of Christ? Very rarely do we pray this prayer. And I'm preaching to the choir. I started this journey about biblical love years ago, and I'm still being sanctified in it today, still being convicted by the Lord. And I promise you, the deeper I go, the more inconvenient my life gets. The more that I'm going and mowing people's yards and scraping driveways and really just doing stuff that's not fun. But we're not promised fun. We should be out here serving people in the name of Jesus in love. Showing people the kindness and compassion of Jesus Christ. We can't do that if we decide that we're going to just continue to be selfish, self-seeking people. It can't be about us anymore. Galatians 2.20 says, It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. If that's the truth, then we are called to lay down this flesh that wants to love me, 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 and let Jesus walk this walk for us so we can walk out the love that we're called to have for people. Not to mention, that just relates back to um, the whole, uh, when we inconvenience ourselves um, to serve others, that just, and we do that, do that work, whatever that serving is, unto the Lord, that just goes back to Colossians 3.17, as we've previously discussed. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That's what we're, that we got to do every, anything and everything that we do, we need to do it in the name of Jesus. And if we, I mean, we're, we've said a lot of stuff here, and it's all really great stuff, but, I mean, John 13, 34 through 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Now, let's look at that. As I have loved you. So he's our example. And then, of course, Jesus tells us, what, what is the fulfillment of, of, of everything? To love thy Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, who's your neighbor? Jesus says it's everybody. Everybody is your neighbor. It's important to uh, to realize that. And I know, I, I know, maybe we get a little loud and a little passionate, but I'm genuinely passionate about this topic. It's it means a lot to me, and it's important because again, it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance, and we. We cannot pull people out of the fires of hell if we're so focused on ourselves that we don't even see other people. Nor can we pull people out of the fires of hell just by hitting them over the head with truth. Right. It's it's the kindness of God leads people to repentance. And honestly, man, it's like, you know, we're so focused on living our lives. There's nothing, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with living your life, but we are called, we have a calling on our lives. To make disciples of all nations. To be a city on a hilltop. Yeah, a light shining into the world. We are called to greater things than just living our lives. I hear that a lot. I, I work with youth and they're like, well, I just, what, what if I just want to live my life? 
I want to live my life too, but my life's nothing if it's not if Jesus isn't involved. Yeah, the simple answer I would give to that youth kid is um, the fact that we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah, absolutely, and that goes for every aspect of our Christian walk, not just love, but that's what we're talking about here. You know, we can look at the world and look at their form of love, and it's constantly changing. They love you if you look a certain way, or talk a certain way, or have a certain amount of money, or a certain car, or a certain house. That's the love of the world, and we're called to something so, so much higher than that. You know, it's important to to really think about your life, and if you're living in such a way that we that you are a light of the world, that you are shining bright for all the world to see to glorify your Father who's in heaven. No, we're not just talking about the love here. We're talking about just your life in general. Dylan brought it up earlier. Colossians 3.17 says that whatever we do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Are we living a life that shines Jesus? So I just want to end with a challenge to you guys, a question. Um, I hope you take it as a challenge. I have no idea where I heard this, but I found it in my notes a few days ago, and I thought it was something worth sharing to you guys. So just go on this journey with me. I'm going to read this to you, and I really want you to consider consider this. If you lost your voice today, do the actions in your life shine bright enough for people to still know you are a Christian? Really think about that. Really think about that. If you could never speak another word, are you living a life that still would identify you as a believer? Yep, and so I guess that about wraps it up. Um, So we thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, Be sure to check us out on Facebook at People of the Way. Um, From there, you can message us um, with any questions or comments you may have. Um, Or you can reach out to us by email at peopleofthewaY0407 at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.